Blog Talk Radio. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to share a few of certain very important fundamental principles that govern the operations of this ministry. And so, I will share a few things that will make you understand how this ministry came into being. That will really help you to understand the vision and mission of this ministry. And it's this vision and mission of this ministry that will really give you the direction of where the Lord is taking not only the ministry but the entire church globally. Now, I'll begin by mentioning a few things. The calling. Because from the calling, you can almost tell what the mission was going to be. I'll mention a little bit different aspects of the calling to give you a little understanding of how this came into being and how now it is all over the world renourishing the church renewing the church, restoring the church, and bringing back holiness. Let me begin with a nail-pierced hand. I'm going to describe. Um, that was on the 4th of July, 2003. Hallelujah. Let me give a little bit more. The Lord began to call me when I was in Israel. And... I had gone to study in Israel, like anybody goes to study, and uh, reaching Israel, in Beersheba at that time, the southern part of Israel, Ben-Gurion University of the Negev, yeah, that's the name of the university. And then uh, when I finished from there, the master's program, then in a strange way, a university just became interested in taking me up for the PhD program, all of a sudden, in a strange way. And I began later to understand that this was the orchestration of the Lord. So eventually, I went to Mount Carmel, which is in the north of Israel. When it was that Haifa, they call it in Hebrew, on Mount Carmel, and began a normal student work student life on my doctoral work. And then that is the time when one time at Mount Carmel, the University of Haifa is on Mount Carmel. On Mount Carmel, rushing, doing your work, the student. Then all of a sudden, one night, this cloud here, this specific cloud you see here, appeared to me in a dream. And when the cloud appeared, the voice spoke from the cloud. And he called me twice. So the voice calls me twice from the cloud in a dream. And when the voice calls me twice from the dream, he makes the following known to me. Number one, he makes known to me that 
I have called you. That's the first thing. Without any confusion, clear that now, either when I leave that place or wake up in the morning, I'll be very clear that the Lord, He has called me. So there is no confusion about that. Number two, He also makes known to me that if I have called you, then everything else you are doing is going to become garbage. Meaning, will cease to have value. So I think that would be a very difficult place to be. That you have gone to pursue your things, your aspirations, your ambitions, and then all of a sudden you are in another country, and now the Lord comes and says, forget about what you are doing in another country. So, I know when I woke up, I was very disturbed. Very disturbed, why? Because I understood very clearly, number one, the Lord has called me. Number two, everything else I'm doing here is not important now. So, that is confusion. So, I wondered, how is this going to work now? I'm still doing this. I'm still in the laboratory, doing my doctoral thesis and all these things. And so, it was amazing that uh, the Hebrew professors, because you work, when you're doing your thesis, you work late in the night, maybe 1 o'clock, 2, and then you come back the next day, probably 10 o'clock or midday. So your time frame has changed. You have the key to the institute, you enter there, you come out, because you want to finish. And so, when I began to enter the institute about midday or 10 o'clock a.m., opening and entering, then all of a sudden, the professors and all the workers of the institute, there was a hallway like this. You open the door and you come straight. But in between there are offices and laboratory. Offices, and, but the hallway. You open and you come. But in between office, laboratory, office. So, but those offices and laboratory were such that the lower side is wood. Up is glass. So when you're walking, you can see people. So, I am coming. I've opened the door the main gate, the main door. And then, I see all of a sudden all the Hebrew professors and the students at the end where the coffee room was looking like this. Looking at me like that. I want to emphasize that when the Lord calls you, you can never run away. Hallelujah. He can make the world very tight for you. We serve a huge sovereign God. And so, I ignored it for some time, came, entered my place where I was working. But at one time, as I was working, then I saw it turned like this, and saw a lot of heads on the glass part, the glass now. Many heads looking into the laboratory where I was seated, through the glass now. So I came out, and I said, I will ask these people, what is this nonsense? So I came and opened the door, and they were standing, and then they were looking like this. Then I asked them, what is this you're doing? Do you mean to say you've never seen a black person? Then one of them, Professor Avivi, replied. He said, remember Moses. He told me, remember Moses. How could he come with us all the way from Egypt through the wilderness to bring us here? 
if I do not understand that. And then I said, shut the door. I said, okay, I don't understand that. But later on, when I was in Chicago, now working at the medical center in Chicago, I was walking on Washington Boulevard to pick the L, the train that goes to the medical center in the morning. There was a one-way road, that Washington Boulevard. And somebody was driving. There's a gas station on this side. Then he honked. There's a walkway. The road, the main road is called Roosevelt, the big one here. But this is one way going this way. Then he honked. Beep, 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 beep. As I was rushing. Then I turned back. I saw as if he wanted help. I thought he wanted direction. So he pulled over to one of the driveways. They are home, so you can pull in the driveway. So I came rushing to help him find what direction now that you've come. And so when I came, he was still in the car. He lowered the window. And he said, Sir, I don't know whether you know this, but when I was driving in here, there was so much light cover you. And then I had already extended my hand because he extended his hand to greet me. I had extended my hand through the window. And these, these are warm hands. These are healing hands. Sir, do you remember Moses? So that was the first time. Okay, of course, I finished with him. I said, sir, I think it's the Jesus I've received that you're seeing. So I rushed away. But that's the first time I was able to connect that do you remember Moses in Israel? Now in Chicago, in Forest Park, Illinois, on Washington Boulevard. And those visitations continue in Oklahoma. Sir, do you remember Moses? Different places. So that's when I knew that the Lord had cornered me. Because essentially, I was in the process of running away from the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen to this now. Now, even this that I want to share here, the nail pierced hand, was when I was on the run. And so, he waited one day when it was a public holiday on the other side, when now he knew he was going to catch me. Then, this is the door of the bedroom. The glory stood in the hallway. He is such a gentleman. He will not force himself. I learned quite a lot about the Lord. And today I'm going to share very deep things to you about the Lord. Hallelujah. So, at the door, the glory of the Lord, tremendous cloud. And I'm seeing this in a dream. And then what he does, he takes left, left hand, this is the door, this is the wall, the frame of the door, this one here, and this is the wall, and the wall is on this side, this is the door. He takes the left nail pierced hand and he puts like this. And he makes sure I can see. Now, I remember when I looked, I was very shocked. And today I'm going to share some things that will change your salvation, change your ministry today. When I looked at that nail pierced hand, 
What shocked me most, first of all, was the tremendous glory that covered the entire place. The hand, but the glory covered a huge circumference. How did I know it was the left hand? Because it faced the wall. He put it like this. He faced the wall. And when I looked at the nail pierce, I was very disturbed. Because I saw as if the wound was fresh. So that is what shocked me. And that's why I'm saying these things will change your ministry from today on. You begin to reawaken, you rekindle your ministry in a different way. So I was very disturbed. It was fresh, but very glorious now. Fresh, and I could see, you know, how the, the little skin goes in there where the nail went, you know. You know, you see the wrinkles, the way it entered in. Glorious. The wall is glorious around there. And fresh. It was difficult to see. Because it was fresh also. I'm going to come to the fresh part. And then, you hear about the hem of his garment. When he put the hand, the left hand here, let me describe this. On the garment, on the garment of the Lord, there is this, it's the garment, and then there's this design which is V-shaped like this. And, that part has embroidery of shiny, shiny metals. Shiny, shiny, beautifully put on that V-shaped part. Shiny, 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 shiny. That's the part that is added for decoration. Very beautifully done. And then, down here, down here is fine strings of gold. If you look from far, you may think dust particles of gold. But they are strings. Fine strings of gold that go all the way down. And when they reach down here, they become very wonderful gold, small golden balls. Very wonderful round golden balls of gold. And strings, when you look from afar, you may think dust particles of gold around there. But when you move the hand, then you see them move like this. The hem of his hand. That is so central to this ministry. That became very central to this ministry. Because after that, then the same hand now wrote on the wall, Isaiah 43, verse 11 and verse 1. In that order. Of course, when I woke up, I tried to read it in the opposite order. Start with 1, go to 11. No, no, no. It's 11, Isaiah 43, verse 11 and verse 1. So when I woke up, I tried to read this thing. What does he say, Isaiah 43, 11? Hallelujah. Okay, Isaiah 43, 11 and 1. 11 he says, I, even I, am the Lord. And apart from me, there is no Savior. I'm reading, that's NIV, I'm reading now, New American Standard. He says, I, even I, am the Lord. And there is no Savior besides me. Amplified says, I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. King James says, I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. So I begin to understand that here he is introducing himself now. 
Then, verse 1, later understood is where the calling was. The message of the calling. The message now. Verse 1, Isaiah 43, verse 1. He says, I'm reading NIV. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. At first disturbed me. I was trying to run from pastor to pastor to ask, why? They said, no, 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 no. Just read it in that order. If he gave it to you in 11 and 1, just read it like that. I was running around. But later I understood. That's where the calling was. 11 was the introduction. 1 is now the message. Now, later he comes again in a dream and he hands over to me a Bible. The original, remember the old NIV Bible with the hardcover checked. The back is checked four times. He hands over to me a Bible by hand like this in a dream. And I'm going to share a few others before I bring that message to you. But before I go to this other part of the ark of God, the nail pierced hand. Later in my preachings I understood. Because he came back late and showed me how the Messiah was crucified. And it's a tremendous situation. It's not what you see in the movies or you, or you write in a novel or whatever. You may never understand. We may never understand. So, the question then became to me. Could it be that the Messiah is still paying the price of the cross. That's what I began to wonder. Why fresh? Hallelujah. Another one, which was essentially on May 17, 2004. I'm describing this now, precious people. In that tremendous vision of the Lord, the right hand side of the sky, the trumpet, the voice, everything takes place there. On that side, the right extreme most, right hand side of the sky. And after that, then, of course, the voice announces, after that voice, then the cloud opens and it came out on the other side of the sky. Right hand side of the sky. I was facing this direction. Right hand side of the sky. And when it comes out, he has a crown. This time around, he has a crown. Hallelujah. He is not coming to preach the gospel again in the byways of Jerusalem on our dusty roads. This time around he has a crown. He's coming differently and that's what we're going to share. It's the main theme where I begin to talk about the vision and mission of this ministry that you have come into. The commissioning. Now, he appears on that side, right hand side of the sky, and then he has a crown. And then the first thing he does I even see the shash, the red one that runs from... Uh, I'm going to share details here about the Lord. Let me share this. So, when he appears on this side of the sky, the first thing, the first thing he does, he comes forward and then what he does is prepare his crown and then show the nail pierce. The nail prints on his hand. After that, he turns right 
And he walks literally across the sky like this. Across the sky. Hallelujah. Reaching the end. And as he walks, I can literally see every place he has stepped as he's still walking. Why? Because it has remained footprints of glory, glory, glory. I can almost see everywhere, everywhere, glory, glory. Where he stepped, remained glory, glory like this, dressing back. It's amazing. It's an incredible thing to behold. When he reaches the end, he turns and faces me. And takes the other hand, prepares the crown, and chose. So, in that whole thing, I felt like I was absorbed there. I, I don't know why I felt like I need to go with him. Because he was now looking directly here. That was amazing. As I was saying in my heart, Lord, take me with you. But as I began to say like that, then what he did was very simple. He looked down, and then he turned like this. And he walked back into heaven and the cloud covered him like this. But, before I woke up, I remained seeing the footprints. Footprints. He first allowed me to see them. They remained. And then I woke up. Everything is important, but I'm emphasizing on the nail prints. Hallelujah. And then, I would like to share another one. Where he brings me to the throne. And he presents the ark of the new covenant of the Lord. And remember the Kerubi, the two of them. By the way, they have different functions. They may look the same, but they have different functions. Each one of them. Then, the golden walkway. The golden walkway. There is a golden walkway that leads to the throne position. Golden. In fact... The middle part is richer, yellowish gold. And there are two strips, one on this side, one on this other side. Reddish brown gold. Very rich, very finely done. So, the Kerubi of glory come carrying the ark of the new covenant with the Lord. And what amazes me is the way they are carrying. They are carrying with their heads bowed. And they are walking sideways like this. And then they go and Put it at the throne position. Hallelujah. And then, he that was talking to me there asked me to kneel down and pray. I, I knelt down and prayed. In fact, what I said is, Father, today I come to you with a lot of praise and thanksgiving. In the mighty name, when I just said, in the mighty name of Jesus. Then the glory, the glory came on the golden walkway. This same cloud. And came, Settle like this. The rest we cannot share here. And of course the voice spoke from there and there was a lot of instruction that came out of there. Now, I want to take you step by step. Why is the Lord doing all these things? Hallelujah. Another conversation. He presents the same ark of the new covenant of the Lord. And on this side here, of the masses it he seated Moses, the man of God, here. His garment has, even though white, but has larger blue strips. Hallelujah. Next, Moses is seated Elijah, the mighty prophet of the Lord. 
But on this side alone is seated Daniel, the mighty prophet, the lion cannot eat. And again the cloud comes and stands there. And we may not share what transpired after that. Now, but later I understood. Because he began to give me the visions of Daniel. The other one is this. He brings me before the throne of God. All this I'm using, precious people, to establish a base for you. So I can launch now this commissioning on that. The vision and mission of this ministry. This was on the 2nd of April, 2004. Look at this now. All of a sudden, the Lord brings me before His throne. And there is this huge mountain of the glory of the Lord that covers the throne. Very huge. So glorious right there. And He made me know that He that sits on the throne was seated on the throne. And then, as I'm standing there, tremendous glory. You know, everything else is glorious there. Everything else has become glorious. Around there is very glorious. And he made me know that he that sits on the throne was sitting on the throne there and was following this. Then all of a sudden, John the Baptist appears on my right hand side. Hallelujah. The moment of truth is finally entering into the heart of the church. He's saying, that uh, then he appears. All of a sudden, John the Baptist appears here, but he's looking away. He's not looking towards me. He walks like in a triangle. He goes there, he goes there, and then he comes here and stops and faces me now. So then he begins to speak with me. And as he speaks with me, he's talking about the Lamb of God that died for the sin of the world. And he's saying, he's about to come. Oh, my hair stands, eh? He's saying he's about to come. But I don't know why I contested him. I argued with him. I'm just sharing the details. Hallelujah. I don't know why. Every time I always wonder this. Because he said, the lamb that was slain, and then at that time, I saw a vision in there, how the lamb was slain. So then I began to argue with him. So I began to ask him, but why did he have to be slain? Why did he have to be offered? Because I had now seen, and I saw everything. So I almost contested him. I said, no, why did he have to? Because what I saw was so horrendous. I felt, wow, was there no other way? I'm just talking inside now. I'm now inside there. And then, listen to this now. Listen. Don't worry. It was the will of the Father that he be slain. And so, then the voice says, come, i show you what is about to happen. Then lifted me from there to Israel. In fact, I was on the other side. I was in the Western Hemisphere in that visitation. But lifted me to Israel and took me to Jerusalem. First from above. So I was seeing, it was night time, so I could see the lights in the houses from above. I just want you to know how the Lord sometimes 
seats, everything. From above, I could see the lights in the houses and so forth. And then Arafat died. Remember that was way back before he died. Arafat died. So I was seeing and I was hearing also throughout around Israel, the Arab world, I was hearing this. A lot of mourning, 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 mourning all over the Arab world like this. From above. And he showed me the big tomb. Huge, fresh tomb of Arafat. So anyway, after that, when I woke up, I began to give that prophecy. I was talking about it. I remember when it happened, then this pastor came running. Man of God, have you watched the news? It has happened. But anyhow, I saw it then, way back. So listen to this now. After that, still in the promised land, I want you to know that Israel is sitting at the dead center of the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. Hallelujah. I just want you to know. Listen to this now. I am watching all this from above. Then all of a sudden, he focuses me on Jerusalem. Then I see change of leadership taking place in Jerusalem. I see the first change. It takes place. It's okay. I see a second change of leadership in Jerusalem. Then the Lord takes me across all the cities of the earth. So, listen to this now. The second change of leadership, then it takes me across the capital cities of the world. And I see how all the capitals of the world, the leaderships, are worried. They're trembled. They tremble like this in fear. Wow. Why do they tremble? They say, it's the right-wing government. How will we discuss the peace of Palestine with them? Hallelujah. I see that all across the earth. It takes me across the whole earth. I see all the capital cities. People are worried. Western Europe, United States, whatever. How will we deal with this government? It's right wing. The second change. Remember second change. And then, I find myself, I come back before the throne of God, and I find that John is still standing here. After that, then, inside there, the glory, the Lord opens my eyes a little bit, and I see a little bit inside the glory. Hallelujah. Because after I come back, I find he's standing here. Look at what happens now. Something happens. I find he's still standing here. And look at this. Then all of a sudden, his garment becomes super glorious. Super glorious. To the extent that I knew if I touched with a pen, I would see the dot magnified. And when I looked at my garment, it became transfigured. Super glorious. I knew if I touch with the pen, I will see, wow, big. Hallelujah. So listen to this now. So, my garment is so glorified. His is glorified. And then look at this now. Then he extends his right hand like this. And says, behold the Lamb of God. He does like this. Then from the glory down here, the glory opens. And I see the most glorious, most powerful, most mighty, most exalted, tremendous Lamb of God, Lamb of God, coming from there. And as He came, this was glorious. Remember, everything here was glorious. I did not mention to you, there was a little ridge here, a little one, a little ridge. Not a big one, a little ridge. And it was glorious, but the ridge was a little darkish. Here. Yeah. Now, as he comes from there, 
everything became super glorious. And the ridge that was there between me and the throne disappeared. Hallelujah. And again, what transpired, I may not share here. Hallelujah. But listen to this now. There are key features there. I began then to prophesy. I said, there are going to be two changes of leadership in Israel. I went all over the world. Two changes are about to take place in the leadership in Jerusalem. It is going to be Benjamin Netanyahu too. Because when I was in Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu was prime minister. Now I'm saying, it is going to be Benjamin Netanyahu too. He's coming. Time comes that I see, of course the prophecy of Arafat is fulfilled, but I see Ehud Olmet falls sick. I think there was some corruption scandal also. Then all of a sudden, he is removed. And then, oh man of God, do you see the first change of leadership has taken place? It is happening now. But listen to this. It was first Ariel Sharon. He went to comatose. Then Ehud Olmet, who was actually the mayor of Jerusalem. At the time I was going to Jerusalem, he's the one who signed my certificate. Say, they call it ascension. When you go there, they sign a certificate and give to you. So, Ehud Olmet now comes. First change has taken place. I check, oh, within a short time, Ehud Olmet is being removed. There's a process cancer. Oh, scandal, watch, uh, corruption. And then within a short time, another change takes place. Benjamin Netanyahu comes back. Hallelujah. I want you to understand that the news you watch have deep spiritual significance. They are happening at a very important prophetic timeline. And for those who walk in the spirit, they can see. But listen to this. Later it became Benjamin Netanyahu two of two. Because there was another election. But anyway, what I'm saying is this. These things began to get fulfilled. But, we remember so well in that conversation, look at what happened. Coming back from the second change of leadership, and you know when Benjamin Netanyahu comes, he chooses a Victor Lieberman as the foreign minister. And the entire world says, how will we discuss with this man, the peace of Palestine? He's uncompromising. He's totally right-wing. So I begin to see the fulfillment right in my eyes. Look at this now. Now look at this. But you remember... After the second change, then I came back in front of the throne. He was still standing here. The garment became glorious. I did not say during. I only said, because I'm not giving any timeline. Hallelujah, be careful here. I've seen people discuss on the web trying to give to the market. No, you cannot. Nobody knows the day or the hour. He's simply saying, he's saying, after I came back here, after seeing, after I have seen it. I came back here. The garment became glorious. After seeing, coming back here, the garment became glorious. And then, behold the Lamb of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then he came. I did not even say during. I only said, after I had seen it, even mine became glorious. And we received him. Hallelujah. Did you understand something? Yes. Meaning, when that change took place, when Benjamin Netanyahu took place there, 
Then it was time to make sure your garment is glorious. Hallelujah. And you almost now begin to understand the vision and mission here. Right away. Hallelujah. And of course he has done a lot of the things he did with Moses here. And he has done a lot of the things he did with Elijah here. And uh, all that, you know. The three. And what the voice spoke from the cloud. Now, I need to move on to something very important. Another one is this. The Lord is walking with me. He is walking with me in this tremendous dream. Normally on this side. Walking with me in the night. Showing me the path. Telling me about the stones. Be careful. The little rocks. By the way, the Lord is very caring. Yes. The Lord is very caring. Even the little rocks. He said, be careful. This is us. All the way. And then we turn. For a long time, that was happening. Until I asked him. May I see... He that speaks with me. One time, just knelt down before the bed, before I went to sleep, and asked that. That is the night he walked a little bit in front like this. So I could see a little bit of the glorious garment, and now it glowed over around there. Hallelujah. He is alive. Hallelujah. He lives. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's tremendous. Listen to this. Now, as he's walking here, then we turn. I saw a junction. And I was so worried. I say, which one will I take? Until he asked me to turn right. But when we went a little right, okay, this path we were walking on was straight. So I could really see where we were going. Until we came to the junction. But when we took the right, then that was a little bit uh, winding. So I could not really see ahead. So I became a little worried. I could not see much ahead because it was winding a little bit. But up to the point we reached, then all of a sudden he said, look, the house of the Lord. So this is what I want to share. When I stood at that place, he said, look, the house of the Lord. Look at what I saw. I saw the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord I saw was this. There was a cross, a wooden cross on top. And there was the roof. And then I saw the double-arched door, wooden door, with beautifully designed boxes, you know. Beautifully designed boxes, double-arched door, which opened two doors, two doors open. But the door was shut. The two doors were closed. I want you to see the spirit, precious people. Hallelujah. The letters now, the letters alert, prophecy alert. But look at this now. When I look at the house of the Lord, I see the wooden cross, big one on top of the house of the Lord, then I see the roof and the double arched door, the main entrance, closed. And then, as I began to walk with him towards the house of the Lord, then I saw the cloud of God, this cloud, this very cloud, descend all the way from heaven and then settle on the cross. In fact, exactly like a funnel like this, and settle on the cross like that. And so, I remember, as I walked towards the house of the Lord, I kept wondering, why hasn't the glory touched the roof? Only the cross up there. Hallelujah. Why hasn't it touched the roof? It's on the cross, and it, it's as if it's making it very clear that I am not touching the roof. But as we went, look at this now. As we walked towards the double-eyed door, it opened by itself. They swung like this by themselves. And when I entered, look at this now. In this way you will see the vision and mission of this ministry. 
Hallelujah. I remember when I entered the house of the Lord, the altar was this side. So I turned. And the voice of the Lord that was coming from here began to now come from the altar. Once I entered. Now coming from the altar. But listen to this now. As I stood at the altar, I saw a sea, an ocean of chairs. I'm saying chairs that have no end. There is no end. I could not, it's an ocean. I could not see the end of these chairs. The altar was raised, but the chairs were down there and going like this. And then the chairs had armrest. Armrest like this. We're putting there. Follow this carefully. So, as I looked at the chairs, the voice of the Lord now spoke from the altar again. Do you know what he said? He said, they used to worship here, but not anymore. Step by step that you may understand the vision and mission of this ministry. Listen to this now. They used to worship here, but not anymore. Now listen to this now. As he said so, then when I looked at the chair, all of a sudden, a lot of grass began to grow between the chairs, like this, like this, like this, and surpassing the height of the chair, and covered all the chairs. Ocean. A lot of grass. Herbia in Spanish. Grass like this. Grew and covered all the chairs. Did you understand me? And so, and remember, the glory is up here, on the cross. Hallelujah. So there is work, right? Well, uh, and a lot more. I need to move on now to the message thereof. What is the message of the Lord? So, listen to this vision now. The vision of this ministry is this. The Messiah is coming. The vision of this ministry is this. That the Messiah is coming. However, the mission of this ministry is this. There is apostasy in the church. There is decay. The fall has happened in the house. You can almost pick it from that conversation right there. They used to worship here, but not anymore. You can almost pick it right there. That, again, the Messiah is coming in the vision. However, the mission is this. The church is fallen. The church is asleep. The church has been tainted. The church is apostate. The church is not ready. Do you understand the cutting out of the work now? That as much as the Messiah is coming, the church is not ready. So, there goes your calling. The mission is this. To prepare the glorious, holy, Golden, righteous, mature, perfect, excellent, name it, bride of Christ. Hallelujah. In other words, I'm saying to prepare what? The way for the coming of the King. When the President is coming, what you'll do is this. You'll find people, if they are holes, the heavy things are now, eh? They are painting the roads also so that the king may pass here. If you don't prepare that, the king, his entourage, will take a better road where the road is prepared. I'm just describing the mission you have. To prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. 
And there's so much to do. I want to share a little bit more. Can I just mention a few prophecies before I go to the real core of this? 24th of November 2004. That time the name Tsunami I had not known. I did not know about Tsunami. All I knew is that tall, high speed floods killing people. And I know that you now know how the Lord speaks with his servant. He puts him in that day. He takes and puts him in that future day. And then, if it is an earthquake, he puts you inside it also. That's why you see the specific detail that he gives, that CNN repeats those words, BBC Every News now repeats those details. Like Ebola, I remember when he said, Cardos infectious, what? Coming swelling on the skin. It infected me already. So I could give the finest detail, even the pain. That's what the Lord does. I need to do so because of the condition of the church. I have to say this. Hallelujah. Amen. Now listen to this. 24th of November, 2004. The name tsunami, I did not know. Then I see it coming. He takes me in there, the Indian Ocean. Then I began to go around this city talking about this earthquake that's coming. The floods are going to be high. High speed floods, tall like buildings, killing people. Because I was already in there. And there's some detail also in the flood. Then it comes to pass. It's amazing that I even knew the time when it's going to happen. Because I saw, I had prepared to go pray. There is a family, the wife had a new baby. So they said, please can you come and pray for the baby? And I knew the time when I was going there. So in the dream what I saw is that at the time when, after I gave the prophecy, but at the time when I was entering the door like this, it was happening on CNN there. The TV was on and it was happening right down to CNN. I could not tell, you know, it's amazing, the Lord. And it came to pass. 26th of December, you remember that? And then the name Tsunami became a household name. I went to Haiti. One them, November 22nd, all the way 29th, I went to Puerto Plata, Ciudad Higüe, I went to Ciudad Santiago, all these places, doing big meetings. But, as I kept saying, that an earthquake that you have never seen in a century. Then they were like, how do we know that that is true? You see where the problem is? Now, I'm going to share something here on the scoffers of the prophecy. People that scoff the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. Because many people wondered, I went on radio, what? And you know, when the Lord sends you, so he opens everything. Radio, TV, so you find that you're announcing it literally across the land. But, listen to this now. They wonder, why? If we have never seen it before, how do we know it will happen? Now look at this. But when their cripples began to get up from wheelchairs and walk away, and their blind eyes began, oh, I can see it. This is chaos in the healing service. Then they began to understand. Just a moment. Even this prophecy may just happen. They began to tremble. You see that? And I could see the power of repentance. Because the whole island of Hispaniola, I could see the Dominican Republic side of it that embraced this repentance. Where the pastors from Higwe came in a whole group, huge senior pastors, 
All of them came and said, we received that message. From today on, we received you as the prophet of the Lord. We want to always hear from you now. We have now disconnected from the, the When they did that, they did big meetings, they said you and so forth. You can see that when the earthquake took place, Santo Domingo, their capital city, was shaken very violently. The buildings, tall buildings did this, but nobody broke a foot. Nobody. I was also shocked at the power of repentance. I began to understand what repentance beholds before the Lord. But the other side that rejected, you saw what happened in Haiti. You saw. Chile. I went on Chile, Global TV, TVN Chile, announced it, went town to town, even Concepcion at the bottom, announcing the coming of that tremendous, terrible earthquake. I invited the Bishop's Council of Chile here to negotiate with them. I said, please go back and initiate a national repentance. I've seen it. Especially homosexuality. Of course, the gospel of prosperity is therein, but homosexuality now that came and split the church into two. Those who accept homosexuality given big money by government to build big temples. Ah, since when? Whose house are you building? Those who accepted homosexuality were given big money. And those who did not accept, they just stayed on this side. They said, ah, I'd rather stay in this small one. They kept saying so. So now, I even knew the day, because I, I came out again and announced the Council of Bishops, and on one of their TV programs for Evangelical TV, and I said this, I see young men dancing, it's a feast, it's a fiesta, they're on the roofs, 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 roofs of buildings, they have tied, it's a feast, a homosexual feast. And then, I said the following words, I said, and I see the ocean coming to vomit. I use the word vomit here. Vomit on the land. The ocean coming from. So I did not know that when I said so, the ocean listened to me, listened to my words, and heard, and then obeyed. Look at what happened. Coming back, that was January 2009. In a big program, they call it Reporters of Beatles, meaning open doors in Spanish. But the issue is this. Coming back here, and you know the Lord healed a lot, including creating a new eye. So there is nothing that will come between them and the Lord in the name of I don't believe. They saw it all. Their cripples walked. Oh yes. So they could not say, oh you know, but I did not know. We did not know. No. They saw it all. But look at this now. It's amazing that come February 27th at 3.34 a.m. I still remember the time. 2010. The most historic earthquake shook Chile. That earthquake was so big that it actually changed time on the earth permanently. The earth tilted. Hallelujah. Just that you may know the happenings, the goings on in this ministry. It's always good to give the gravity. So that now that's my responsibility to let you know. I'm going to share with you on a few things here about this ministry. I've not yet shared with you on the fundamental principles that govern this ministry. Hallelujah. That you may know. It's my duty to do that. So that you know, you are well informed, you are well aware. And then the global economic crisis. Remember how it shook the whole earth. And then, the July 29th, 2009, South Africa, the flow of the airport. That one, 
the bloodshed come in the Arab world, and then the church finally, for the first time I see the church has appeared before the throne, and they are worshipping there. So, I want to end there, because the prophecies are very many. Hallelujah. And the accuracy of their fulfillment. Accuracy is key. And YouTube is very powerful. Because when you give a prophecy today, so, on that day, the date is stamped. With the details there, the video. Or the audio thereof. And when I say year, or two months, or a week, when it happens, you will hear those details in the news. That's very powerful. Hallelujah. So, you see, that if this is the ministry that is sent to restore the church, to bring correction to the malpractice, then what I'm saying is this. I'm saying that everything in the practice of this ministry must reflect that. Did you understand me? Everything in the practice must reflect restoring, revisiting, reviving, rebuilding, resurrecting. Everything must, must show correcting in your life and ministry. Step by step. Now, I want to look at some key fundamental principles, the governing principles in this ministry. The key fundamental principles that govern this ministry, the operations of this ministry and all that. And also you'll begin to understand that is the reason why when this revival began 10 years ago, it is still going on and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until the cloud has come. Because otherwise the revivals are dying all over the world. Yeah. You see where God has a real plan. His agenda is to be executed here. Then you see, ah, he died in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He died in Azusa Street. He died wherever. He just he died, 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 died. But now you understand the key engine that drives revival. Now, number one, separation. Separation. In this ministry, the most important principle that governs the operations of the ministries and the pastors in here is one thing. This ministry stands on one thing. The separation of the Lord. To the extent that even wherever you are as a pastor, you are always consciously aware of the pastor. Look, for us we are separated. That's very powerful. To the extent that wherever you are, your mind is rekindled the fact that we are separated. Okay, this is happening, but for us we are separated. Do you remember in Exodus? Exodus 19, for example, verses 3 on, which we are not reading today. Can I just describe it? Because when this same cloud of God, when He came down to speak with them, the Israelites, this is what He said. He brought it to their attention that, look, even though I have created all the nations of the earth, if you will, number one, obey me. Number two, keep my covenant. Two things like this. Obey me. Number two, keep my covenant. Then he says this. Out of all the nations, even though I have created all the nations, to me, you will be a treasured possession. Meaning, a separated people. Did you understand the foundation that governed this? 
separation. And I want to mention this principle here, which is very important. Can I start with this now? Therefore, the first principle that governs this ministry within the realm of separation, the separation of the Lord, is this. That even in His own nature and kind, God Almighty is separated. To begin with the Lord Himself, He is separated. Kwanza na mungu So we don't want to start anywhere else. God Himself is indeed separated. And I have scriptures I want to read for you here. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Can we read? Isaiah 6, 1 to 4. Step by step, precious people. Hallelujah. I'm just giving you the structure, the pillars that hold this ministry together. They are calling. How can I be holy? How can I be righteous? Can you advise me? They are looking. Sometimes you wonder, they, they could have asked, how can I be rich? Now they ask me, how can I be righteous? And to me that is a very wonderful tone. Meaning something has happened. Something is happening. And it's a good thing. There are real gains they made here. I said, God himself, in his own nature and kind, he is separated. And I'm saying, Isaiah 6, verses 1 to 4. And this is what he says. Can I read it now? Let me read the NIV. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted, right from there. That when he saw the throne of God, and the glory abound, look at this now. He says, I saw the Lord lifted up, high and exalted, Uko. Meaning, separated, Uko. Already separated from us here, from the world. I said, high and lifted us, Mali Uko. God in his own nature is separated from the moral decay of this world. That is meant, look at this, that high and exalted is meant to demonstrate to you separated, separation. That God is indeed separated. Hallelujah. Can I move on now? Look at what he says, Father. He says, High and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Verse 2. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two wings they covered their feet, and with two wings, with the other two wings, they were flying. Now verse 3 says, And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And he goes on, on. And down there he says, oh no, I'm a man that is not clean. You see, Father, but can I first handle this? I'm just describing the fundamental principles that hold this ministry together. That govern the operations of this ministry. And I said, separation is key. He's sitting at the real living center of this ministry. Are we together? And in that separation, I began by saying that, to begin with, God himself is separated. And now, you see now, beautifully here, he says, he says that, look, that these seraphs, when they are flying around, look, the throne is here, the glory and the throne, and they are flying around, around the throne like this, and they are shouting, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They are shouting that to him. 
If you look at the Hebrew context, right, of the word holy, you find that the word holy shares the same foundation, same root word, same origin, derived from origin, as sanctified and consecrated. And that root word is called set apart, separated. That's why when the high priest wore the turban, this is what happened. When the high priest wore the turban, there was the folding, and therein was written, Holy unto the Lord. Which essentially stood for, Separated unto the Lord. Because for him now, he separated, he could enter there. Hallelujah. So he's saying, that if they are shouting, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty, then given that that root word from which Holy comes is set apart, then you can now say, the essential, look, look, look now, look now. They are flying, looking at the glory of the throne, and they are awed, overwhelmed, when they see the glory, the holiness. Then they say, set apart, set apart, set apart is the Lord. Separated, separated, separated is this God. And you can imagine, he says, we are going to read the book of Revelation now. And he says, that they sing this, the entire day, all the day, and all the night, from eternity to Oh, that must be the nature of this God. They are shouting this to Him every day. We don't know where eternity began from. We don't know where eternity began. They began shouting. When they look at His glory, they are awed, and they shout, Holy, Holy. So His nature must be holy. Separated, separated. He must really be separated then. If they're shouting this across eternity. To begin with, our God, His own self is separated. Revelation chapter 4, 6 to 8, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 4, 6 to 8. And it says here, Also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second one like an ox, the third had a face like man. I have met each one of these creatures. I have gone all over the world prophesying the release of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The prophecy that you see the Lord Jesus gave in Matthew 24, the Lord began to reveal to me that, take me before the throne when one seal is broken, when another seal is broken. When the, that's how I was able to prophesy the global economic crisis. And so forth. All the way down to the war in the Arab world, Ebola and all that. And he says, again, he talk about the creatures there. And he says, in the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back, and it says, the first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. And don't think when the face is like man, so he looks like man. Is that not the first time I've said such a thing? I think that's the real first, this is the first time I've said such a thing. I've never described the rest of the detail, but now I'll say it. For the first time I've said it. Like an eagle. Verse 8. Each of the four creatures had six wings, and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wing. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, 
Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So you understand what he's talking about. So I'm saying, all these go a long way to describe to you that the God we worship, the God we serve, indeed cherishes separation, upholds separation, observes separation. It's his nature to be separated. That's why you see, when I gave the prophecy of this visitation, when he was coming like this, when I gave this prophecy, I said, and I saw heaven open, and he came from where he separated. Hallelujah. These are the pillars that hold this ministry. The next one says, and for those who worship him, they must observe this separation. There you go now. And for those who serve him like you, they must observe this separation. If he is separated from the moral decay of the world, now even you pastors must be separated from that moral decay. Do you see now where the church went wrong? She did not observe this. I always say that if there is one medication that you can give the posted church, the fallen church, and she heals. It is called separation. I've always said, if you look at the events of the cross, what did he do? Separated us. Actually, this is a deeper thing because I come into sanctification. You understand? Yes. And for those who worship him, separation must observe the same separation. And you see a lot of scriptures there, including Second Corinthians chapter six, fourteen to eight, and so forth. And he mentions that separation. You see him celebrating separation. You see him trumpeting separation all the time to Israel and to the church. Separation, separation, separation. It's so much that at one point he even tells the Israelites, you cannot mix with them. You cannot make treaties or intermarry. And later on, you hear the same on the church. Separation. Hallelujah. So the first one is, God Almighty is separated. We must know that in this ministry. In this ministry, we know that. If we did not know, we always make sure we remind ourselves of that. That God Almighty is separated in this ministry. That is the only way in which it is distinct. Distinguished also from the rest. Number two, in this ministry, like I said, now for those who serve Him in this ministry, like you, they must observe that separation. Separation from the sin of this world. From the moral decay of this world. Number three says, and for those who have now observed that separation, their lives must be consistent with it. And if there are pastors in this ministry that have now accepted, yes, God is separated, I observe that separation also. He said, now your life must be consistent with that separation. And sometimes it involves quite a lot of stuff. By the way, sometimes it involves physical. In this ministry you've seen that. You've seen that in this ministry, this separation also involves physical separation. It's tremendous. Yes, if you were fellowshipping with a group of pastors, like you did before the Lord did call you into this, who were, they did not have the agenda of the Messiah. They were just saying, we have a Muzungu coming, we need to eat his money. We, whatever. They were talking of different things. And then we found out that that is a big lie. Because 
we found out that the Lord indeed wants to provide legitimately, genuinely for the church, not by theft, not by sin. You cannot go into sin to serve a holy God. You cannot do that. It's inconsistent. So later, it became really a very big awakening here. And I've celebrated that thing big. Because it came in large numbers. And I was saying, do not tithe money. I don't want to hear you preach money. Tell them the tithe is there, the offering is there, but I'm not preaching it. All I'm doing is very simple. I want to prepare a holy church that is born again. And when I do so, then it's ready for the Messiah. So I told them, just focus on preparing the bride. Time is out. Go, let us just go back to the gospel of the cross and the blood. I kept telling them. The way I began here, with the cross and the blood. I don't know whether you understood what I was talking about here. Did you understand? When I took on the nail print. Oh, yes. He was talking about, no, 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 no. Return them back to the gospel. The salvation of the cross and the blood. I did not bring that out. Let me say it here now. When I began to say the nail print, it was like you were saying, go, go all over the world. Ask them, why have you abandoned this? Why have you forgotten this? Look, for me, it became part of my identity. When I appear, the first thing I show you is this. For me, it was so traumatizing I cannot forget. But why have you forgotten so soon? Go tell them, look, look, from up there, he did like this. Go tell them, look, look, I'm up here, but look, up here, up here is like this. Look, the only thing in heaven that is man-made is this. I have it up here. And they keep asking me, where did you get this from? So how can you forget it? Did you understand the message there? Did you understand where the church went from? She forgot the cross. The cross and the blood. The cross is the heart of the gospel. The hope of the church. The blood is the power. Power. All these cripples you see walking here, the blind, HIV healed. All these people who are being healed tested and examined, examined when they were really one foot in the grave. All these people, it is the power of the blood. Did you understand? So, I, I don't know, when I began, I said, at the door like this. I don't know whether you understood it. I began by saying, no, back to these nail prints. Back to the cross. The church must be returned Back to the cross. That is the true salvation. The original salvation. Untainted. So I'm saying, he is separated. Those who worship him must observe the separation. And I said the third one, and once they have observed, then their lives must line up. Must be aligned with separation. So that's why I was giving the example that sometimes the physical separation. If you're in a fellowship of pastors, when I start with them, they say, oh, where will we get a pastor's fellowship? I said, no, don't go there. Because there they're talking about, we invite who? We give a financial protocol. So we get some money from him. We tell him we need to meet pastors, eat lunch in which hotel. You know the full story. I don't want to deal with that. And so, they were doing that. Then I said, no, here we are separated here. Here, the most important thing, the agenda of Christ. The coming of the Lord. Making gains. Have you prepared the church? That's the big thing here. And so, sometimes it involves physical separation also. Where your acquaintances go say, what fellowship is there between light and darkness? He says. How can light and darkness mix? And if you look at some of the scriptures I had prepared for you here, like 1 Corinthians 1-2, you hear him talk about the church are separated. So, 
What I'm saying is very simple. You hear him calling the church the sanctified. But you saw that holy, sanctified, and consecrated are separated. You see that? So when he says saints, that's now the ultimate of separation. And now that means they have been sanctified. They're glorious now. They're glorious. And the fourth one is this. The fourth one he says, he says that God Almighty therefore demands, demand, it's a demand. Demands that for those who have been separated, they do what? They now highlight it. What was you and Hey, hey, look, that man is separated. Hey, look, that church is separated. Look, oh, look how those women are dressed. They are separated. Uh-huh. He now demands that that separation be highlighted. That when anybody looks at you, it exudes to them that separation, separation, separation. And in so doing, actually, that is evangelism also. Oh, yes. Separation, he says so. Now he demands. He says he is separated. Number two, those who worship him must observe it. Number three, lives must be aligned with it. Number four, he demands that openly you must show it. He will tell you things like, never go and drink. Don't drink, don't take fermented products. I have quite Leviticus here. <laughs> Meaning, when you meet with them, they start drinking. No, I cannot drink. So, it's in public now. And he says, call what is unclean, unclean. What is clean, clean. To always remind them. And that's where the problem is. When the other church was falling away, nobody rebuked her. Because if you had rebuked her, she would have come back. Yes, nobody rebuked her. And then we ended up with all this story you see in the news. And it's a bad story. Very bad story. All of them globally. All of them. And I've sent the messages to repent. Before even they fell into sexual sin, some of them the number ones you see in the globe. Before they fell. And I sent the message. I said, the Lord, because in that, in that tremendous conversation, this cloud appeared on my right hand side, and the way the Lord arranged all of them, the big ones, eh, and He told me, go tell them, let us prepare the church for Christ. So I really went with joy in that dream. But when I went, the way they rejected me, it was shocked me. Because they heard me, and then they all looked like, like this. What can you tell us? Ah! They said so about Bethlehem. They said so about Nazareth. But look what came out of them. Look the number that came out of them. Hmm? It shook the entire earth until today and forever. Huh? So listen to this. I'm saying these things you're seeing a pastor did what? What? It's just an unbelievable story. This is because they did not observe separation. And most importantly, there was no guidance that somebody rebuked them. What I'm saying is very simple. That if there was one to rebuke them and say, no, 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 back this way here. It is love. Because otherwise the destinations are two. If you leave the highway of the Lord, then you are on another road. And there's only one danger with sheep. The sheep always, when they take another road in a group, they always still think they're going home. They always still just going like this. Think they're going home. That is always the danger. And the destinations are two. This is home. This is another. So that's why I'm saying the problem is nobody rebuked the church on the need to separate. You understand? And I said, no, don't worry about provision. Don't worry about that one. If that is
separated from that. And that's why I say, you just prepare the church. You just preach salvation. And let God be God. Because say, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And fight. Then everything else leave to me now. You understand? Kumbi, the devil wants you to settle for this. When God is willing to do His ministry in you, not your ministry, His ministry in you. Did you understand that? Oh, that's amazing. You see? The fundamental principles that govern this ministry, John chapter 17, I'm reading verses 13. Now we are entering the heart of the governing principle. Hallelujah. The governing principle. John chapter 17. We're reading from verse 13. 13 to 17. He says from there, I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world. Now, I am touching on the Lord, how the Lord was separated, and how our separation has to be of that kind. That's what I'm touching on. You understand? I'm just touching on the governing principles that are running this ministry, that have sustained this ministry and raised it until the glory, until he has visited. Until it has become the centerpiece where all nations are now coming, teach us the way. Make us like this ministry. Can I read it? Hallelujah. And it says, I am coming to you now, verse 13, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Hallelujah. Then he says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Same kind. If I am not of the world, they too are not. Meaning, he was separating them right here. Very separating them from the world. You see that? Because he knew that would be the lasting treasure they would behold. Separation. You understand? And then he says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Why? Why does he say that? Meaning, you can remove the world from you, but you cannot remove yourself from the world. Why? Can I explain this? Meaning, there is still work. We must still be there. We must still brush and rub shoulders with the world. But, never ever to be part of it. Can I just read it and then I'll explain together. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Did you understand the separation I'm talking about? That forms the pillar of this ministry. To the extent, you know, from the widows, the lowliest in the village, to the professors, the major generals, the whoever, the bankers, whoever, to the lowliest people. But you find them at work, dressing holy. Walking there. They have changed their dressing there, in that place. Some of them to the extent that if there is a ballroom or a party by the bank or something, they say, no, 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 no. Uh, actually, so and so is born again. So let's not uh, include alcohol. Excuse me. 
He was separating them right here. From the world. And then he says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world even as I am not of it. Then he says down there, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me to the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Now look at this. What is saying this? Because he's talking about separation, sanctification. Hallelujah. But listen to this now. He's saying, separation, and I want to say now, sanctification, we can say the height of separation. Separation and sending are two inseparable things. Did you understand me? Hallelujah. In this ministry, they know that. The pastors in this ministry know this. They know that being sent of God and separation are two of the same. You cannot say, ah, I only choose the sending. I don't want the separated part. That's what you see in the church. Oh, hallelujah. I'm giving you the governing principles that uphold this ministry from one height to the next. He's saying, it is from the Lord, from the Lord himself. And he's saying, sanctification, separation, and being sent are two inseparable parts of you as a person. In other words, he's saying, if you are not separated, forget the sending. Did you understand that part? Oh, yes. Because for some time they say, no, look, he's a lone ranger. He's walking alone, they say but they did not know that the cloud of glory was standing next to me. They did not know that in the night he's walking with me, showing me things, talking about the temple and the things he wants to change. They thought I was alone. It's amazing also. It's tremendous. He's saying, you rather stand alone even in the church. That's one major principle I teach all over the world. And I teach this principle that says, learn to stand alone even in the church. Because there is no way you can say, I will be in sin because everybody else in the church is sinning. No. No, 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 no. It will not even be your defense on that day. You cannot even say, I'm in sin because my parent or my wife or my who is in sin. No. You will stand alone before the Lord. To the extent you say, if your eye causes you sin, cut it out. Do you understand what he's saying? Then he says, Father, I sanctify myself now with the truth that they too may be what? Sanctified. That's a big, whole big topic. But I just want to mention how he's running this ministry. Why did I say? Do you remember Moses? Do you remember Moses? Then I understood when a lot of pastors came from all over the world. And after the big healing service, every creep was walked, everything. Then the pastors from Europe started coming to me. Where is the man of God? He's sitting there. They said, look, man of God, are you aware that this is happening? Are you aware that when you're in the meeting, there's a lot of cloud. There's a lot of glory from heaven. A lot of pillars. And wherever he goes, going with you like this. Like this, like this. Hmm? That's the first time I understood, do you remember Moses? Otherwise, I would have never known. That's how I understood I would have never known. Hallelujah. Because he's saying, the glorified state is the maximum of separation. When the church has been fully separated. Look, look. 
He says now, when you are now separated to the mark, then he says sanctified. Then he says this, look. He says, sanctified now, saints. 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 He now calls them saints. Did you understand me now? Yes, that is the target. These are the governing principles in this place. He's saying that the church must move from glory to glory. And he's saying that the Lord has now opened heaven. Yes. So listen to me now. As you have sent me into the world, so send I them into the world. Send I them into the world. I now separate myself that they too may be separated. These are the governing pillars in this ministry. And that's why in this ministry there is zero tolerance to sexual lust. Did you hear me properly? Number two, zero tolerance to sexual sin. And I see it all, all I see. There is no way. With all this teaching, with all this discipleship, with all this emphasis, redirecting, instruction, counsel, the glory is here. People are coming to see. They are coming to tap. There is no way you can drift back there. No, 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 no. No, the devil has no power. No, 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 no. The Lord has power. And he has released his power. Yes. So, you know, there has to be a place where you draw the red line. You say, ah, you guys, we don't cross here. You understand? Zero tolerance. Did you understand the governing principles here? Hallelujah. He's saying, this is the overriding principle that guides this novel and glorious ministry of the Lord. And then I mention in there that the Lord's separation and sanctification has become both the basis and the condition upon which we too must now separate. Uh-huh. Oh yes, now we have a reason to say, no, no, sanctification and separation is a must. Because if you don't, then you end up into these stories of alcohol and women in the bath. In fact, these days, it's amazing because now, every hotel now has a special room for pastors. A special room for pastors. Because, you know, hotels have drinking places. In the evenings, hotel people drink there, some restaurants, bar, whatever. So, now what they have done, they have cut off certain rooms, and they have said, no access to other people, even media. So when you just come and you say you're a pastor, they say, oh, wait, you're a pastor, you just go there and say, where no media can get. So that is just where they go, it's closed out. They drink there, if they want to sleep there, some women have appeared there, it's all arranged within that context there. What hurt me most? Oh, where is the fear of the Lord? At least if you don't fear men, oh, but the Lord. You understand me? Where is the fear of the Lord? At least if you don't fear people, but how about the Lord? The mighty one that defeated death. How can you not fear him? So did you understand this? And he says, while in the previous ministry, or the previous life, let's put it that way, or previous form, while in the previous life, your life gave testimony to your standing in the world and totally separated from the Lord. However, now, in this place, in this ministry, your lives 
must bear witness, testimony, to your standing before the Lord. In Hebrew, standing before the Lord means ministering to the Lord. Your life must now bear witness, testimony, to your standing before the Lord and total separation from the world. Did you understand the governing principles here? There is a distinction here. There must be a separation here. Only separation drives this. That here, there is zero tolerance to sexual sin. These little jokes pastors play around with girls in the church, no, they don't happen here. No, I will see it. I will even see it before it happens. Oh, yes. I will even see it before it happens. This little joke they fool around with girls in the, in the office or whatever, or in the church, and then in a short while you hear they fall into sin. No, not here. Oh, yes. Because how can you be a deliverer if you yourself have not yet been delivered? Did you understand? Look, another thing, another governing principle in this ministry is this. The nail print. Do you know what the nail print means? It implies the following. It implies Isaiah 52 verses 13 to 15. Isaiah 52, 13 to 52, not 3, 52, 15 to 13, it implies Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 to 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 to 6. It implies Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 to 31. It implies Second Peter chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. And the reason for all that is because of Exodus chapter 12. That is the meaning of the nail print. Can I explain this? He's saying, at the calling, look, showing. It is still fresh. Look, appearing in the sky doing like this. He's saying, hey, look, the world I can see. The skies and the abuses I can see. The horrendous price I paid, I can see. But where is the church for which I paid such a price? That's the first thing he's asking. The scars I can see. The abuses I can see. However, where is the church for which I paid such a horrendous price? Number two. Number two is saying, when I look at the church, I hear the following. When I look at the church, I hear, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! If you don't crucify him, we'll finish you. You know the release by numbers, but kill that one. Crucify that guy. He hears them shouting, Crucify him. You are crucifying the Lord a second time. He hears, look, when he looks at the church in sin, doing what she's doing in the world right now, he hears, he feels the nail. Ta, ta. And remember the way the nail was done. It was done like this. If you did not know, can I tell you this then? Oh, yes. I mean, I was very shocked when the Lord showed me that. I wept for three months, non-stop. Look at this now. The nailing was done with what you call fitina and graffiti. You know, tong, tong, and the people are shouting and celebrating it. So, when you fall into sin again, he hears, he feels the nail pierce, and he hears the people saying, crucify him, finish him, that thug. And they really crucified him between them. Oh, what an abuse. I'm going to the third point, which is going to make you understand this. The governing principles here. This nail print, nail print like this. Look, the third one says, he's 
saying, when he looks at the condition of the church, and he loves the church so much, he does not want the devil to succeed, to win at the end, right? And he loves the church so much. So when he looks at the church in sin, sexual sin, running with women, doing what, what, money, what, what, nini, nini, touching, whatever. Look at what he says. He says, ah. He hears the church saying, Lord, look, the first Calvary was not enough. Look, I'm born again, but I'm not yet delivered. No, 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 no. Lord, you must return Jesus to the cross. That's what he hears. That you must return the Lord to the cross. No, 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 no. You must return him to the cross. No. Because look, I'm in the church. I'm born again, but I'm not yet delivered. I'm still laughing at women. I'm still lying. And the fourth most important is this. He says, because I love the church so much, I'm still proud of what I did. Even if you asked me to go back for the church now, I would still do it again. However, Exodus 12, the perfect sacrifice without defect. Now look, go tell them, now I have defect, I cannot qualify again. Please run and tell them, now I'm, uh, I'm injured, the Father cannot accept me anymore. Even if I wanted to go back. But look, I cannot even qualify anymore. Look, 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 tell them, now I have, now my body is defective. I cannot fulfill the perfect law of the perfect sacrifice of God that atones for sin. Because now I have wounds. And they ask him, but where did you get these wounds from? Then he says, oh, uh, these wounds. Um, the, actually, I visited my friend's house down there, and then I got them there. Every time I preach this all over the world, I weep like this. I told you I wept for three months until I was dysfunctional. Then I followed the Lord. Did you understand? This is the governing principle that runs this ministry. That the grace cannot be abused. The grace cannot be abused. That is this name. Yes, look, look, tell them, look, now I have these things. It has become part of my identity. Look, look, go tell them, now I have, I cannot go back. Tell them, run, and please tell them just to be born again with the first Calvary. Look, look, now I cannot go back. Did you understand the principles that run this ministry? So here, even the preaching of money, I don't love it. Just that for procession. No, 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 no. No, you will not preach it when you're here. Just because here, let God be God. The separation. Can I mention a few areas? He says, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, He separated us from darkness into the kingdom of Christ. I'm now talking about the separation that is being observed in this ministry. It is none other than that old time-tested biblical separation. Oh yes. Time-tested, proven to be right by time. And he's saying, John chapter 8 verse 12. It says, He removed us from darkness into light and life. And that light became the life of man. John 8, 12. First Peter 2, 24. He removed us from death into alive and righteousness. Just a few. Hmm? Romans 12, 2. He says, He removed us from conformed to the world and then transformed by the renewing of our minds. I'm just telling you the governing principles in this place. 
I can go on forever. He says, he removed us, for example, from First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7, he says, from uncleanness to cleanness. Those are things observed here. It's good to be clear with people. Such that if you feel you cannot manage this, it's alright. We just say, ah, no, it's okay. If you want us to work together, we can try. Yes, but if you see that, ah, me, I cannot manage those principles, that's alright. But at least we are very clear from the beginning. Did you understand? Oh, yes. And he says, John chapter 5, 24, and he says, remove us from death to life eternal. Romans chapter 6, 11, from sin to alive unto God most high through Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, 13, from being far off from God most high to near God through Christ Jesus. And all that. Then it goes on and goes on. But the bottom line is this. He says, of all these things that are mentioned, let's say, what fellowship is there between light and darkness? Because now you have, look at this now, you have interfaith, eh? interfaith fellowships, where you stand here, yes, uh, Pentecostal pastor, bishop, evangelical bishop, Muslim imam, Hindu priest, Buddhist priest, all together, meaning Jehovah has been paraded with other gods. Interfaith fellowship. So now, that does not happen here. Because here, the God we serve is the sovereign God. There is no other like Him. He cannot even be compared. He's a jealous God. Did you understand? So He's saying that when He gave you this list from death to life, darkness to light, whatever, when He did that, He says, never, never did I hear Him saying that I removed them from darkness to a middle ground here between light and darkness. Never. There is no middle ground. There is no mixing, he's saying. Did you understand? So then you understand that this mixing you see in the church is a fallacy, is false. And in this ministry, there is no mixing. And it will not happen. Whether by you are coming or not, it will not happen. They will not. That to say now, you see, I'm in between. Because you never hear him saying, remove you from darkness into midway between light and darkness. In this ministry, we make sure that is clear. Look at this now. Let me start with darkness. In this ministry, this is the governing principle. That darkness plus light always equal to darkness. Meaning cannot mix. I just want to tell you how this ministry has grown. Those of you who remember, you remember how I came? Walking alone. Lone Ranger. You remember? Those of you remember how I came? Just alone like this. Walking Nakuru. He said, repent. Then there was nobody listening. So I just went to Menengai. And I started preaching to the mountains. And the rocks. And the stones. I said, let me just preach to the rocks. But to see where it is now. Where is the center of the globe. The hope of heaven now. Then the glory. He has visited himself now. Oh, this is tremendous. Now look at this now. Then you understand. The principles that have governed this growth. And we adhere to them, we stick to them. And the Holy Spirit comes to help you to observe this. I always say, to establish, to reestablish the gains made at the cross. Meaning, this separation was the big gain that was made where? At the cross. And so, the Holy Spirit only helps us to remember and to further magnify, to highlight it. 
that he separated us. Did you understand, precious people? But one of the other things you learned here is that sometimes it is difficult because of the condition of the church. Sometimes it's difficult to understand how is this operating? What should I do? It's difficult to understand sometimes because of the condition of the church. But listen to this now. You're going to learn something so key here. That, oh, so the man of God, whatever he says, just do it. Because sometimes you're coming with a carnal mind and it may not make sense to you. Oh, I've seen people run into serious trouble for that. Even ministry. Those who do not follow blindly what the man of God says. If you look at their ministries, they are diminished. They have not exploded. But those who just followed blindly when they say, go do this there. And he did it there. If you look at the ministry, it's unbelievable. So you are going to learn something here. You are going to learn that whatever he says, the Lord watches like this. And he cannot let his word fall. Oh, you are going to learn that very fast, very quickly. Because you are going to realize, oh, so he is not speaking for himself. He is only yelling and sweating with all his lungs for him. For him. That the church may be holy and statured and strong and mature and perfect and holy and righteous and glorious. There are all those things. Kumbe, those are these things. Kumbe, this one is just a slave here. So you are going to learn that quickly. If you fail to catch that, oh, that will be tragic. I know those who did not catch it and then it became tragic. So the first thing you are going to catch very fast is that whatever the man of God says, whether it makes no sense, just do it, please. Oh yes, you just do it. Just do it because it is for the interest of the Lord. It is for really your interest. And that's how this has been running in this ministry. You are going to learn that quickly. Very fast. He's going to tell you something. I've seen this. And sometimes he says, I've seen this. And then whoever was being talked to, if he's wise, the first thing he says, I got it. The only thing, I got it, that one. I got that one. And when he catches it, he says, you see the way it unfolds. Eh? It's big here. It's big here. And in the light manner, in that light manner, you're also going to realize that there are four hands now. There are four. If what he's saying is coming to pass like that, then also it means the following. If he's talking, they say in Swahili. Can I say in Swahili? He says, ah, 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 apana, apana, kumbe sio uyu, sio yeye. Kumbe sio yeye. Kumbe ni mwenyezi mungu mkuu mwenyewe binguni kule. Ndiya kwa meongea pale. In Swahili. And that means, for that matter then, the other side of the coin also says, then you cannot abuse him. Hey, that, that one is tricky. That, that, one, that one even me. Because I, even me I did not know in the beginning that there are certain red lines nobody can cross. Oh, yes. Until, oh, I just learned it like that. Things happened. Big deal. Big things happened. And when you cross the red line, 
Then you'll find out, oh, Kumbi has been standing with the Lord here. When you cross the red line, when the Lord now comes out, let me prove to you that he's my prophet. That's a bad place to be. And I've seen it, so I have to caution you on that, because you are not going to make that mistake. They say, the blessed ones learn from the unblessed ones. Those who tried, for example, everything has been revealed to you. You can see his stripes. Oh yes. You can see his stripes. Somebody who can say, when I come to that place, when I enter the stadium, heaven will open and the rain will come down. You've seen his stripes. They are in the Bible. Oh, the Bible is such a wonderful standard. But look at this now. Oh, 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 I did not know certain things. You know, I love people so much. But listen. Oh. Then, for those who try to touch his stripes, eh? Even me, I trembled when I saw what was happening to them, what he did to them. That I just go and touch his stripes, eh? And any parking. Huh? But we are not kids. You can just see and say, I don't know the relationship he has with God, but this must be big. I don't want even to know. I don't want to touch this thing. All I want to know is that he's given me this counsel. We are preparing a glorious church for the coming of the Messiah. That is okay. I want to know. But the inner detail of what was said, when the cloud came, sat on the mercy seat, in front of the throne of God, and said, which he has not shared, I don't want to know. If he wants to tell me, let him tell me. But I don't want to go kuchokora, chokora. No, 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 no. I have to warn you. Because in the beginning I did not want, and I cried. I cried. Because some came... I have money. I have money. I want to sponsor him. But why is he doing that? Try to do like that. Oh, 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 oh. Even me, I was shocked because he didn't want me. That's when I realized God has his own mind, sovereign. Even me, you know, he knows I love people. So I say, Lord, Lord, please don't do it. Please don't, because these people are good. They're helping me here. We are working together. You understand? No. He did not warn me. He only told me in the night that, look what's going to happen so and so tomorrow. And then I was very shocked and things happened. And the issue was, the next day then, now after things have happened, he came and said, look the reason I did it. He said, oh, will you end up with ah, ah. I remember one time I walked into a church in that dream and I was preaching and walking in Pale. Then I said, the people were shouting, Man of God, pray for us. Please pray for us now. We want to be healed. Disease, we are sick. And then, but because pale in the dream, eh? look what happened. Then I became ashamed. I said, if they say, He is not even a prophet. What? Eh? And then in the dream, in the dream, then I told those people, No, I'll pray for you next time. Allow me just go. I walked humiliated out. So when I woke up, then I understood why things happened. I must caution you right now on the first step. That all may go well with you. You have come not for any other reason, but for the eternal, glorious kingdom of God. That you may be the servants that were spoken about in the Bible. The servants of this dispensation. Flying above the storms. Yeah. Flying above reproach. Above the storms of the gospel of prosperity. The storms of witchcraft. 
the storms of immorality, the storms of homosexuality, the storms of love of money, the storms of the world, the storms of ministers, the storms of evil, flying above and going and going and going until you enter above the storms. That is the type of servant you are going to be. You know, some came, oh, no, me, I came from theological college. So again, make sure you go into that context. Into that realm of, I am ready to learn. Sitting down and beginning to learn the gospel afresh. And making notes and going to start preaching it. Oh, and then you do exploits like this. Here. Oh yes, big exploits. Because now you are available. You are available for use. Because sometimes, this is the model. Look at the model. Why separation? Why did I mention this separation? Why? Because look at this now. There is a round circle like this. A round circle, a big one, and then inside a smaller circle. And they are raised like sunlight coming from the outer to the smaller one. And then when I mark the inner one, I say the holy church. Or true believers. I'm talking about holy church. True believers. Okay. The big round one, let me go step by step. The big round circle. The inner smaller one. Then I make rays like this. From the inner smaller one to the outer of the big one. Then the inside one I mark, I say, church of Christ. The outer one I say, the world. Did you understand it properly now? Church of Christ is the inner one, the small one. The world. Meaning, the world has surrounded the church and is perpetually encroaching. You understand? Homosexuality in false prophets, witchcraft, cutting body parts, whatever. Inside, 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 eating into the church. When you look at the preaching of the pastors, you see the world. You hear them conformed to the world. They have adopted their theories, philosophies, ideologies, psychologies of the world. Which school do you belong to? Do you believe pre-tribulation or post? They have reasoned and they have gone into that. And yet for me I have said, look now. I have seen the coming of the Messiah. Prepare the way in righteousness and holiness. Such that if you die before the rapture today and you are prepared, it is still alright. And if the rapture happens today before you die and you are prepared, it is still alright. Do you understand the importance? I don't mind, I don't care the theory or whatever. But nowadays you can tell, the, because the Bible itself says, the book of Second Thessalonians, it tells you very clearly that he that holds the Antichrist back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. And know that that's the Holy Spirit. We all know that. So really, you, sometimes you don't even need to go into theories, philosophies, ideologies, psychologies. You don't need to. You understand? Because until he is removed, then the Antichrist will be revealed. That means when he comes to execute his agenda now. You understand? And we know that we are the temple. The holy church, that is. Is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You remove the vessel, dispensation of grace, bye-bye. That's common knowledge to all pastors now. Do you understand me? But what I'm saying is this. That the outer circle and the inner one with rays like this, like this, meaning there is a constant assault onto the church by the world around it. And they're trying to shrink the domain of the church. Because I've said, Church of Christ, and outside I said, the world. But now look at this. The next one is the same big one, with a smaller one, and like that. And the smaller one says, 
true believers, holy church, holy Christians. And the outer one, the apostate church. Where they are by ideologies. They are operating on theories. They are on certain teachings that have deluded them from the truth. Did you understand me? And that's why sometimes, <laughs> oh, sometimes the Lord just brings me into where they are seated. And then he says, take this Bible and give this man. Tell him to preach from this Bible. Because they have become motivational speakers. Sensational speakers. Inspirational speakers. They combine words. They say, your possession is your confession. Confession, composition. They use words. Eh? They, your job is what you do to earn a living. But your work is what God brought you to do. Whatever. They do words. They put words. Like this configuration. No. No, 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 no. There is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now the word is too much. The work is too much. We need to prepare the church. There is no time for psychologists and playing with minds. Ever since we began this ministry, the work has been more humongous, more humongous. Everybody, everywhere, all over the world, come, come, come. The work is too much. The holy work. Did you understand? That's why separation is key, because he's saying the encroachment. He told Israel, no, separate, because if your daughters marry them, and your sons marry their daughters, then they will ensnare you. They will trap you, and part of you will now worship their gods. You take away from the kingdom of God. Yes, it's happening today. But now, you become that embodiment of the separation. The people that are going to execute it, you know. You say, no, I have not come here for games. Some of you are experienced in ministry with all your churches. Then you'll see the Lord transform your churches. You'll see the conversation change. You'll be astounded. When the conversation now changes. When everybody wants to know, how do I get pastor? I want to be holy. Is there anything I can do more to be holy? What, with their children and so forth. You see a beautiful transformation of lives. In tandem with this hour. What a beautiful thing. Hallelujah. This is a very important prophecy. It was May 4th, 2014. So, this literally speaks about the governing principles in this ministry. When it was like a sun with so many rays up there. And then when I looked there, then it formed like a dome across, going to the horizon, the ends of the horizons of the earth. I was inside. Then all of a sudden, he announced that, look, the Messiah is coming. And I remember when I turned like this to look, it was as though... In the evening, very far beyond the lake, if you ever live by the lake, or even the other horizon of the land, when it's going to storm that side. Syrians may not here, the other side. Then the skies do, kepia, lightning on their side. Kepia, that's what happened. When I turned like this, from that side, kepia. When the Bible says, in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, it is true, it will happen. I have seen it. I have seen it. That fight did, kepia. And then all of a sudden, the glory beat down and the church was taken. But for me, he made me fall on the ground and rolling on the soil like this. And then my teeth, oh, it's amazing. In fact, when I woke up, I checked on my teeth if I've not broken them. Because as I was rolling, I was grinding my teeth. <laughs> the soil like this, like this, like this, like this, rolling, rolling. Because he said that the Messiah is coming, but the church is not ready. And so the issue was, and it's amazing, because always I repeat this. I always say, he made me know as if, and the other church is not ready. The other church. He made me know that. But I was rolling on the soil like this. So the issue is, when I woke up, then I understood how the church that will miss the rapture will feel like.
understand it. Meaning that the Messiah is coming, but there is work. That is the governing principle here. But the Messiah is coming, then there is work. Hallelujah. Precious people, if you are sitting there in your living room, that hotel room, a motel, or you are receiving this even by audio, through some radio, someone is sending it to you by phone, whichever way, if you feel in your life that your salvation has not presented the hallmark, the feature, the characteristic of obedience to the Lord. Then the Lord is saying, this is the hour at which we need to change conformity and become more heavenly and become obedient. And if that is you, even at home, and you have never received the Lord before. And now you feel like this word has touched you. You want now to obey. Obey the cross at Calvary. And the blood. Obey the call to salvation. Repeat this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I have heard your word. Your holy word. And Lord, I know that your word is established in heaven. And I ask you, my Father, my everlasting Father, to establish your word in my life. The word of salvation. I repent of all sins and receive you in my life. Precious Jesus, please transform me and withdraw me from focusing on the life in the world, on this earthly living. And change me and redirect me to be more heavenly focused that I may enter heaven, the kingdom of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am born again. If you have said that prayer again, as have you heard in this broadcast, this is not some kind of gimmick or trick. This is now the holy word. It's about salvation. The salvation of the cross. And it's not about money. This is about preparing you that after living this short life on this earth, you can have eternal peace with God. Make sure you're baptized and you find a Bible teaching church, not a church where the pastor is comical, comedian, making you laugh. I am talking about a church where the pastor is teaching salvation, salvation of the cross, salvation of the blood. The old rugged cross, the abandoned cross, the cross at Golgotha. 
May the Lord bless you. Prepare the way. The Messiah is coming. Shalom. Todarabah. Todalahem. Amen.